0: This is Encounters, a dialogue that brings you multifaceted life stories you don't want to miss. The biggest challenge is that people do not like talking about it because it brings a sense of shame, a loss of face. We can't talk about it with family. I've met executives who've had postpartum depression and said, I cannot tell my husband. And for me, that's heartbreaking because the husband in my mind, that's your closest relationship. And if you can't share that, it's very difficult. And I think that's the biggest challenge is where do these people turn to to talk about these things? Where is that space and who are the people that they can trust? Those constraints are to find that way within those constraints because... I understand not everybody can afford a breakdown like me and, and, and not work for a few years. Like I was extremely lucky in my experience and I could also afford the medication and the psychotherapy. But given these constraints, is say, let's acknowledge the constraints and the difficulty. But what is that baby step you can take? I don't expect people to, for example, change their jobs immediately or just run off and, and travel for a year. But if that's really what you want to do, how can you set that emotion slowly so that your actions and their implications on others can be cushioned in some ways. I think we cannot live without it. That's how important it is. If we are not playful, we lose the meaning in our lives. We lose the resilience. I think playfulness is so important because it is a way of self-discovery. It is a way to for us to be adventurous, to test different things, and to continue having that curiosity for the world. And I think that's where hope comes from.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Man Ling. I am burning out, or, 我太难了, in Chinese was named one of the top 10 buzzwords in 2019 by Baidu, China's most popular internet search engine. The popular phrase came from an internet influencer on the short video platform, Kuaishou, who finishes every video with, I'm burning out. I've been feeling so pressured lately. It expresses a sense of frustration and helplessness about the pressures of life. Burnout, especially workplace burnout, is very common nowadays. It is such a hot topic that the World Health Organization has defined it as a medical syndrome resulting from chronic job stress that has not been successfully managed. In today's program, I am continuing my dialogue with Enoch Lee, a bank executive-turned-entrepreneur. Growing up in Hong Kong and now based in Beijing, Enoch founded Bearapy, to help companies navigate organizational changes using a psychodynamic approach. She uses the psychology of playfulness for adult creativity, learning, and stress management. Because of her own personal experience with burnout and expression, Enoch is passionate about incorporating mental health into corporate culture. Stay tuned for more. Let's talk about your entrepreneurship. Um, You actually now can be called a social entrepreneur, entrepreneur, right? and yeah. you establish a b2b company or business yeah. which is called uh bear coming from the bears yes. right? and uh, obviously it's about uh therapy mm-hmm. by using all the bears right mm-hmm. the yeah. bear no- the concept or bear or physical bears
0: both both, both right and it what? denotes the playfulness side of things play with yeah, bears bear or toys or objects or okay it can be voice.
1: other sort of teddy bears you yeah. know things like that okay and uh, you also involved heavily in dynamic leadership consulting, yeah. mostly for organizations mm. and institutions, yeah. right? So y- you're the founder and executive manager, right? Yeah. And uh, when and why did you decide to establish your own startup? What's the motivation?
0: I didn't start this as some typical entrepreneurs of there's a problem and I need to solve this. I think therapy evolved over the years. It first, like I said, it was a photo blog. And then as I moved into studying organizational psychology, I also came out going, well, what do I do next? And doing a bit in consulting, leadership development, but still it wasn't, it wasn't touching me. I felt like something was missing, but on the side, I was doing a lot of talks in the community. I was talking and writing about depression and at one point, they were two separate things.
1: Okay, the talking thing, yeah. the speak out thing. Yeah, You healed, right, yes. from playing with bears. Yeah. But when did you realize that you need to talk? And this talking is for self, help yourself to come out more, yeah. or it's significance that you realize you need to mm. do?
0: It started off with healing myself. And I first spoke out about it when I started my blog in 2010. And it was by chance somebody wrote to me through my blog that I realized, oh, actually, I'm not so special. There are other people in the same boat. I'm not alone. And as I started to read about it more, that's when I discovered this is extremely misunderstood. Even me, if I hadn't gone through it, I would not know how it feels. So irrational and so hopeless. And I was one of the ones who used to play into the stigma or contributed to the stigma because I used to think, But that's so weak. Just get yourself together. Why are you crying? Why do you need to be depressed? Like I used to be the one who think the people who choose to take their own lives are foolish, for Mm. example. So I contributed to that stigma. And slowly I realized because I went through it myself, I now understand the extent of that emotional feeling.
1: So when you share with others, right, Mm. you're helping yourself at the same time you're helping others. Yes. So that's a win-win situation.
0: And I think it has also shifted where I think much more now it's helping others and really wanting to mobilize that dialogue and conversation, right? Because I would say I have healed to an extent. I still go through those up and downs, but I have other ways to support myself.
1: Do you have a brick and a mortar sort of shop, you know, studio mm. or for therapy or it's on the internet yeah. virtual?
0: Uh, it's much more virtual. It's also at like clients' uh, offices. I would love to have a studio at one point where I envision you need it to, to look rent. like a play museum, oh, okay. or like where I can really talk about play to people.
1: Are you the investor yourself?
0: Yes, I've invested my own money and my own time over the years.
1: Are you making profit?
0: Not at the moment. Okay, it, it's and still if we, in the building. If we look at, and especially if we look at profit in terms of how much energy I've put into it, right, because it has built over the years. It's only the last... 12 months, I started to build a team as well, which I say I will switch from doing this on my own because I can't do all of it. I don't know it all. And there's much more demand now to say I'll build a team and switch to my entrepreneur identity as well.
1: And Beripi, the name is your creation?
0: Your no, own creation? No, actually, I should give your credit husband. to my husband. Si. Si. <laughs> si. Maybe you should he have has. him on the show instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should be here. He right? should be here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. indeed. Yeah. Must be interesting. And uh, what do you want to achieve? You know, through therapy, through consulting and yeah. who are your targeted customers?
0: Yeah. Our mission is quite ambiguous. Our mission is to make the world mentally healthy. But to do that, we can't do that That's in one a big go. slogan. It's a big slogan. I think it also motivates me to say there's always much more to do. And so when I say, well... Practically, what do we do? Because I have corporate management experience. I know organisations. That's where I feel comfortable in some ways. I am not a clinical psychologist and I, I don't have the patience to deal with other people's issues.
1: You have the uh, qualifications. You get licences yes. right, and, and certificates.
0: Yeah. Are you giving...
1: Credit to your previous um, trainings in politics and, uh, you know, law and even
0: banking. Even banking, yes, because all of that has made me who I am today. I can only understand the people I work with because I have been there. Yeah. Know, I understand the issues. I also understand management's perspective because I have been in management myself.
1: Institutional management.
0: Yes, and you know, organizations and, and leadership. So in terms of therapy, we're trying to help companies look at mental health in the workplace more strategically. So it's not one workshop a year.
1: So it's you're not really doing consulting or providing consulting to individuals, but to companies.
0: To companies now. Why? Because I think we can change more people quickly in that way
1: it's quite different from the uh your private clinics yes. that provide on um, yeah. you know consultations to individuals yeah. but yeah. you are targeting organizations we're targeting organizations especially startups
0: we why startups startups are so stressed out <laughs> right and i think startups is one target where actually most of our client base at the moment are multinationals because they're much more open to this idea. They also have more budget, like practically.
1: You mean that most Chinese people are still lagging behind? A little bit.
0: Multinationals also have Chinese employees. It is just the organizational culture because a lot of these multinationals now have global initiatives driven out by headquarters. They
1: have been exposed to the outside world and these are the international stuff.
0: Yeah, and they are much more receptive to it. And to be honest, I haven't broached into Chinese companies because I am not familiar with that workplace culture. I still need to learn about that in order to be effective in what we do, because I would hope that companies not only just do workshops, which we deliver, we've got trainers, psychologists who can deliver workshops on mental health, play therapy, playfulness, parenting, but I would hope that we can merge, and this is where I hope to merge my leadership development experience into say, how does mental wellness contribute to leadership development and make us better leaders? How does it make organizations better in what they do more effective in what they do and because in a workshop i can reach 50 people i may not go into depths of the issues Mm -hmm. but i can give them that awareness and education i can give them the tools and techniques to maybe cope with their own stresses and also what's really important for me is a lot of these executives that we work with they're also parents yeah. I hope that they can take this home with them. Yes. And it creates a ripple effect, both the older generation yes. but also the future generation.
1: So it's like a spreading, right? Yes. It's yeah. like planting seeds. Yes. Yes. And they are the soils, right? Yeah. Wow, yeah. it's it's good. Just now you talk about it's people who have international exposures. Right? Mm. Are you ambitious enough to in the future to target The rest of the population.
0: I would love to. Who are
1: still sleeping. Yes. Because in the greater Chinese society, if we talk to the upper generation of parents, they don't think psychological health is something that we need to tend to. No. They only take care of their kids' physical. Yes. You know, stomach ache, You know, catch a cold, pneumonia, things like that. Mm. You are ambitious enough? Yes. And how are you going to achieve this?
0: I need help. I would need to work with people because... That's also why I decided to build a team. My trainers, who are local Chinese, actually, they bring with them their expertise and knowledge of the culture. And while I can say I'm Chinese, I also sometimes feel like there is a lot about this culture I don't understand yet. But you lived outside. I've lived outside as well. I mean, 10 years in Beijing, you know, does that contribute to it? But I don't want to be pretentious to say I know something and impose it on people. I think it's a lot more around finding those like-minded people how do we co-create so that it can spread?
1: Raising awareness yes. instead of imposing things yes. on them. Yeah. You received training in psychology? Definitely organizational psychology. Yeah. Organizational psychology. Yeah. That is the major you chose for yourself. Yes. That's the field of your interest. Yes. And that's why you are happy.
0: Yes. And very interestingly, when I decided to go back to school after my soul searching period, I went to a business school and and for sure there is a practicality of I need to now think about my next career. However, in making that choice, I was able to do something that I've always wanted to do. And when I first thought about university undergraduate, I actually wanted to study psychology. See. And my mother told me psychologists do not make money. (laughs) She's still practical. She's practical. So two oh, things I wanted to study, oh journalism God. and psychology. She told me journalists don't make money, psychologists don't make much money, because back in those That's days... That's why
1: I'm a poor journalist.
0: <laughs> she said, um, I mean, the psychology profession wasn't so recognized back yeah, then. Um, and so I come full circle. I'm now doing organizational psychology. Even though I'm not a journalist, I'm writing a lot. So see? we come back to the core of what we are interested in.
1: Since psychology is your own labor of interest
0: i call mm, it right yeah.
1: can you be playful in this role
0: for sure yeah yeah and i mean it's it's hard work but i see the development of therapy as that's my play at the moment that's where my creativity goes every program we customize for clients that's the play in it because we can be different we can suggest things we can say oh you want to learn about mental health what about let us bring some toys in and they're like "Huh?" you know why and I've done a workshop where we had HR executives from a international hotel and I said let's talk to our toys about our problems and they all looked at me like "Mm, you gotta be crazy but then they loved it and and I love it because I can see the change in their faces and I see they walk out of the room going ah I've learned something today that is helpful for me
1: you know, you become unbeatable when you have interest, yeah. you know, blended into your work. If people do not like it, yeah. they would calculate, they would endure every minute to yes. spend on
0: it. Yeah. They are easily defeatable. Yeah. Don't you think so? Yes. You know, they sure. can lose out. Yeah. But you don't. that's because we don't have the intrinsic motivation for it. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: You have studied, worked or lived in many, many different cities mm. in different countries. Or work, right? Such as... Uh, Hong Kong where you were born right yeah. Australia right yes. being to study and Paris yes. Tokyo yeah. London yeah. and here in the Chinese mainland are there any differences in awareness and attitudes towards mental health mm. if there are any can you specify
0: it is slightly difficult to compare because when i was in these different cities it was a different time however what i know of these cities now especially for example if we compare UK and Australia, which are very advanced in the conversation Western. of mental health. Yes. They have done a lot from even the government pushing the dialogue. Australia has very good NGOs and free support helplines. They do a lot of research. They are also the ones who pioneered mental health first aid training. And then UK has adopted it. Canada is also very far ahead in this dialogue. So, so most of
1: the developed nations. Most of the
0: developed nations. They have a whole commission on workplace mental health in Canada, for example.
1: But Japan can also be considered as a developed nation, right? Yeah. But Japan is located in the eastern part of Asia. Yeah. Any difference between...
0: So Japan... Because of geography, yeah. I mean. Yeah. The difference is I think the way they talk about it seems to be quite hush-hush. Japan has one of the highest suicide rates in the world. And the government actually has done a lot, but they don't talk about it as much as the Western countries promote theirs. Japan are some of the leading research and psychiatrists in the whole dialogue of workplace mental health. You know, Some of the Asia-Pac conferences in the last year was hosted in Tokyo. And I think I read an article where because a lot of people try to temp- to take their own lives in the train stations. The government has also tried to instill different calming music, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. help stations, different lighting to try and help people alleviate that mood at that moment. The difference is they may not be all over the media about it.
1: So Japan is different. Japan has its own character. Like you said, uh, organization sort of uh, dynamics, right? Yes. Yes. Do you think if there's a way out for Japan, they need to change the culture, the the personality? I think so.
0: And I think organizations in Japan, given my experience, my short few years working there, I think it needs to be something top-down because of such respect to authority and leadership if the boss says this, there's a higher chance that they will actually leave work early. But if the boss is the one staying in the office until midnight and then going out for drinks and sake with the employees, then for sure it's not going to change in the organisation. Talking
1: about Japan, we are both, both countries, we and you know China and Japan are in Asia. Yeah. Any similarities and differences between we and them?
0: I do think we are very respectful to seniority the same similar and also in singapore where i work a lot now yeah um, there is the aspect of respect and then there is also taking that into extreme of like overly obedient and compliant in some ways Mm -hmm. and also i feel like there is a lot of dependence on the leadership as in the leader needs to tell me what to do
1: so that's why it makes us less creative
0: in some right? ways, Less perhaps.
1: independent thinking. Yeah. right. It's good and bad. Yeah. Everything has two sides, Absolutely. two coins. What are some of the mental health challenges you've faced here in China while working here?
0: The biggest challenge is that people do not like talking about it because it brings a sense of shame and a Stigma loss of face. Stigma still. Yeah, a loss of face. We can't talk about it with family. I've met executives who've had postpartum depression and said, I cannot tell my husband. And for me, that's heartbreaking because the husband in my mind, that's your closest relationship. And if you can't share that, it's very difficult. And I think that's the biggest challenge is where do these people turn to to talk about these things? Where is that space and who are the people that they can trust?
1: I tried to introduce some um, consultants to friends that Mm. I think they have problems. Mm. They went for only one or two sessions Mm. and stopped. And I felt... I cannot impose things on no. them. I thought maybe they think the money is not worth mm. because it's quite expensive. Yes. At least 1000 for one hour yeah. nowadays here in China. We cannot haste in this field, right? Whom do you think are the most vulnerable in the Chinese society? You actually did a lot of speeches, writings, and uh, internet sort of um, exposures, talking with different groups of people. Yeah. Among them, women. Yes, are one of the group people you mm. addressed the most about. Mm. Why women needs most help from you?
0: I'm actually not sure they need most help from me, but I, in some ways they feel much more accessible because they will and they're looking for spaces to share. So when we work in workshops, they want to share, they want to tell us their stories. I think working with men, and this is a complete stereotype, it feels it takes longer before they may open up. Do you think women
1: are easier to open up than men? They are more willing to open up and speak out.
0: I think we women do talk a lot more. <laughs> we are talkative. <laughs> we are very talkative. And so when given the opportunity, we will talk. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, I think the harder challenge is... It's reaching men, which is why I I worked on an e book which was an interview with eight men. For free, right? Yes, for free. And I don't want people needing to sign up. It's called Men Do Get It.
1: Men do Do get it. it.
0: And it's it's a play on the words where men do get it in the sense of men also do get stressed out. That they also feel vulnerable and depression. But they also do get it in the sense of they can also think about these things, right? And it's eight men, some Chinese but some foreigners who live in China and to for them to talk about their experience working in organizations in China and how they deal with it in their sense. And so that means men are not immunized. No, not at all.
1: And men you can't understand what's yeah, going on. Yeah, oh,
0: that's yeah. interesting. Men and, do get And it. I have found some conversations with men very deep and connected. And I am not sure i can say professionally who is the most vulnerable because depression anxiety does not choose and does not discriminate between age gender nationality no, it's wealth. sporadic yeah you know, it, it can everywhere. happen it's like a cold it can yeah, happen yeah, yeah, to you yeah, it can yeah, happen indeed, to me indeed yeah.
1: and um, how do we help those in need properly because sometimes we want to interview some of the people who yeah. got that depression thing yeah. but it's so difficult for us to Ask questions, yes what to ask yeah how to show sympathy yeah even friends we have friends with the problem yeah how can we access them and how can we be of help to them yeah
0: I think if we can think about it in a way where we are creating a holding space of empathy and compassion for them to express themselves because I think sometimes as friends we try to give advice we want to try and solve their issues. And part of it is probably our own anxiety in listen, in hearing something that's not comfortable for us. And so instead of saying to that person when they say, oh, I feel so depressed, instead of saying, don't be depressed, tomorrow will be a better day, is to say, why? What's going on? Would you like to talk?
1: Do you want to share with do me? Do you want
0: to share? How much do you want to share? And just let them talk. And then say, and... And it's also very important, I think, as a friend, we need to take care of ourselves because some of these could drag us down. Yes. And to say something along the lines of, I've heard you, I feel for you. It is also not my professional training to help you solve these things. Would you like me to help you go see a doctor?
1: This is also my question, since you mentioned that some can drag you down too, right? No. You suffered from depression yourself mm-hmm. and then you chose, bravely, <laughs> chose the major, yes, not fearing that. It's going to track you down because oh, you're going to meet a lot of more yeah. people with yeah. the same situation.
0: And it does. Like I do a talk and sometimes people come to me after a talk and they just tell me their life story. And then you. And and it, it drains it my energy. And the way I deal with this, I have mentors and I have supervisors. I process that with them.
1: Ah, oh, it's like a chain reaction.
0: Yes, yes you stop you your own thing to somebody oh else. Oh my yeah. goodness. You <laughs> receive the negative thing from yeah. some people yeah. and then you
1: go to some positive forces but to of course, empty them.
0: in the moment, because of my training, I also know how to protect my emotional boundaries. I can receive this. But I'm not going to let it hit me because I slowly have learned over the years of it can't hit me because if it hits me, I'm going to get hit every day, day in and day out.
1: Being professionally trained, yes. you're definitely armed with, uh, you know, skills yes. to bounce back. Better. Better skills yeah. to bounce back. But um, you also need external help.
0: Of course. Of course. You have
1: your own, you know, yeah. consultants yes. and, and mentors
0: yes. out there.
1: And... Um, is your service or well-being or wellness sort of consulting and workshops received by companies in China? Mm-hmm. I mean, are they doing well?
0: I think five years ago, I tried to knock on companies' doors and say, let me come and talk to your staff for free. And they said, no, thank you. Uh, and through, now? Through, now it has changed. I have companies knocking on our doors. I have company who find us through Google and say, we need something for our staff in China. So, And that's how I started branching into Singapore because the Asia-Pacific headquarters of some of these multinationals based in Singapore. They say, we need something for our staff in China. Can you do that? And I've also said, okay, we can do that. And then that's where I also started to create the consulting side of the business. International companies. International companies, um, Mm -hmm. some startups as well. And actually for some startups, I offer to do it for a very low price because that's what I mean by social entrepreneurship. It's like a
1: half charity stuff, right?
0: Almost, because... The social impact is much more important for me than the profit. I'd Mm -hmm. love to make some money and pay my own salary. you need to live, right? I do. Um, But for me, it's also I cannot feel satisfied if I'm making a lot of money but no impact. So I am now, I say, look, if I can make some money out of the companies who can afford the budget, Mm -hmm. that enables me to do more for free and more pro bono work.
1: Any government sort of organizations and institutions has caught your attention or they have approached you?
0: Not yet yet. at the moment, no. But schools, international schools have started coming to us. Um, For example? I've worked with WEB, talking to actually some of the Chinese high schools, but I'd rather not disclose their names yet because Mm -hmm, we haven't mm -hmm. worked. So international schools as well. And I admit we are not as trained to work with schools in the way where we are not children psychologists. Mm Mm-hmm. But we work with parents and teachers. Teachers. Because yes. we work with the adults. From
1: adults. Yes. They can influence kids.
0: Yes, or they can stop interfering with the kids. <laughs> no homework, but play. <laughs> no homework, but play. Yes. Okay.
1: And what's your understanding of playfulness and how important it is in our daily
0: life? I think we cannot live without it. That's how important it is. If we are not playful, we lose the meaning in our lives. We lose the resilience. I think playfulness is so important because it is a way of self-discovery. It is a way to, for us to be adventurous, to test different things, and to continue having that curiosity for the world. And I think that's where hope comes from. So in one
1: word, whatever we do, mm-hmm. we need to be happy mm-hmm. and to be proactive. Right? Playful. Yes. And be active. Do not live a passive
0: life. No, I hope not.
1: Any tips to get people to start playing? There are people who haven't formed any habit of Mm. playing because playing in the upper generation or the greatest Chinese society even now, play is a bad thing. Yes. That means you're idling mm-hmm. away your mm-hmm. time, you're wasting your youth, mm. you're going to end up being nothing, yes. achieving nothing. Mm. But having lived or brought up in such a culture, yeah. how can you change this misconception and then get them started playing
0: yeah one thing we do with them in our talks or workshops is to get them to think about something that they really enjoy and can do for hours at a time without getting bored and it's not so much the activity but we try and get them to grasp the feeling how does it feel to be playful is it to be relaxed, is it to be super fun and energetic? Like what does it mean for them? And through that feeling we say, Well how can you recreate them? And we guide them. And this was a mistake I make in the beginning. In the beginning, I thought, oh, everybody can find out for themselves. But now I understand they need some guidance. So we also give them some theory of play. We guide them, do you like to play on your own? Do you like to play with people? Why? Why not? Is it games? Is it something structured? Is it daydreaming? Is it writing? And we give them their options. And we help them explore for themselves what it means to them. And slowly then they can find the activity. Because the activity in itself... That's not the most important bit. It's finding that intrinsic motivation. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And unless they can feel what it's like to be playful and why being playful helps them feel less stressed out. You know, we have experiential workshops where we just get them to dance around for an hour. But after they've experienced it, we give them the theory and say, this is what happened while you were playing. This is what happened in your brain in the chemicals. This is your experience. This is what play can do for you. And then it builds up their awareness and knowledge. And so they can look at it from a quote-unquote more scientific perspective and they say, oh, okay, it's not just idling away my time. It actually has some use. So you help them to find out what do they like yes. to do yes. in their life. In some ways, yes. But
1: what about once they discover what they really want to do Yeah. or the playfulness, the yeah. so-called, yeah. if it, in conflict mm. with their survival, you know, yeah. the job, yeah. you know, they have kids to raise, yeah. they need to earn money, yeah. and they need not to let down their parents' expectations.
0: Yeah. What to do? and um- those constraints is to find that way within those constraints because I understand not everybody can afford a breakdown like me and 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 not work for a few years like I was extremely lucky in my experience and I could also afford the medication and the psychotherapy but given these constraints is say let's acknowledge the constraints and the difficulty. But what is that baby step you can take? I don't expect people to, for example, change their jobs immediately or just run off and, and travel for a year. But if that's really what you want to do, how can you set that in motion slowly so that your actions and their implications on others can be cushioned in some ways, right? Because, like, do you have to have that conversation with your husband, for example? And that's the first step.
1: Cushion is a very good word. Yeah. It's a slow sort of process. Yeah. So knowing it is better than not knowing knowing it, it. right? That's what I think,
0: yeah. (laughs) Even though they say ignorance is bliss.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Slowly but surely, yes, right? By knowing it, there will be change. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. For the interview. Thank you. I enjoyed it so much.
0: Me too. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: A Chinese saying goes, Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. Depression has taught Enoch to slow down and discover her creativity through writing and playfulness. As a result, she created a therapy, which she intends to bundle with books, workshops and consulting to free people from burnout and raise awareness in society of mental well-being. And that's the end of our show. I'm Manling. Thank you for joining me. Be sure to visit chinaplus.cri.cn and look for Encounters, where you will find other episodes of the show, along with Manling's journals, which has writings about our interviews.